hear the music, you know, show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, I'll tell you what matters to me. Uh, we, we lost a good man. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I like that song. Uh, I can't sing it. I'm not even going to attempt to sing it. I just want to be a good man, good man. I think Senator McCain was a good man. And so I'd like to honor him with this show. Um, and my way of just uh, respecting him for the time, service he gave to our country and the leadership he gave to our country. And uh, thank him for trying to bring us together as opposed to divide us. So, uh, Senator John McCain, God bless you. Rest in heaven. I'll see you when I get there, my man. But uh, let's move on to a little bit of football. Uh, Senator McCain certainly enjoyed some football. Had a good relationship with Larry Fitzgerald here. I know I've seen them together on several occasions on television here. Um, so, um, let's get going, man. It's an interesting week in the National Football League. Uh, of course, you know, we spend most of our time here talking about the National Football League. Spend a lot of time talking about the Ohio State University Buckeyes and going to be spending some time talking, uh, talking about the Kenton McKinley Bulldogs uh, once the high school season starts. But uh, always good to have a chance to share the, uh, the platform with my friend uh, Willie from out in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Big Will Gibson. Will, you there, man? Ray, yes, sir. How's it going? Uh, pretty good, man. You sound like you're in a huge studio, but but that's okay. I don't know uh, if it's affecting anybody else, but I can hear it. It just sounds like it's, you know, uh, you're in a huge studio there. But let, let me just say, man, there's a couple things that's going on. I really couldn't wait to talk to you. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, a um, couple things with my Browns that's going on out there, man. Then there's some interesting things with, with the Philadelphia Eagles and, of course, um, you know, just some other things, too. Some other people out there. Guys, interesting story. Of course, Dez. Interesting story going on with Dez. Uh, Odell got his money. Great story. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. So, uh, but let's just let's just start off, if, if, if you will, man. Um, I'm just interesting, interested in, in hearing a little bit from you about what you've heard and, and, and what you've seen about Josh Gordon. Uh, one thing about it. I saw Josh on a couple interviews, and then I saw him in practice a little bit. That's a grown-ass man. Let me just tell you right now. If I was playing today, that would be one brother over there I would give a lot of respect to. He's a, he's a huge man. You know, Josh, to me, is the LeBron James of his position. It's like LeBron on the basketball court. You know, LeBron is so physically intimidating. And for Josh to be a receiver, he is... You know, I'm very, I, I don't know if I've ever looked over the wide receiver and been afraid, so I'm not going to go that far. But I'm saying, you know, he is the type of person that you got to size him up. You got to size him up. Of course, we, we know there's some other things we're going to talk about later on about, you know, the young brother Ward. And, you know, I think he injured himself, you know, making a tackle. But when you got Josh over there, man, you got to be careful how you handle that and, and even trying to get him down. But let's just talk about. The, the, the progression that he's hopefully making, Willie, to getting back on the field. What have you heard this week uh, and this past week about uh, his his journey to get back on the field? Sure. Um, before I answer that, though, uh, Ray, I do want to uh, echo you and extend my uh, condolences and prayers to the family of uh, Senator, John, Senator John McCain. Uh, life well served, 60 years in service to, to, this, to this country. So, uh, you know, Definitely want to to extend my prayers to his family as well. But as far as Josh Gordon, um, he's he tweaked his hamstring um, early on in the week, so he will not play 
and uh, Thursday's preseason finale, there was there was hope that they could get him a few snaps and uh, get him uh, some game action against someone else prior to uh, September 9th against the Steelers. But uh, with that hamstring, they, and, and understandably and, and rightfully so, don't want to take that chance of, of furthering that injury and, and putting him on the shelf for a longer period of time. So they're going to take it slow. Uh, he is on the bike. Today was the last day of practice. Uh, off to, tomorrow's a travel day. Uh, Thursday, they play the Lions in Detroit. So uh, he is on the bike. He is doing treatment. He is still working on the side with uh, trainers, uh, getting that rust knocked off. And But from all accounts, um, he's ready to go. Now, Hugh did say that no matter what, he if he's 100% healthy, he will not start against the Pittsburgh Steelers on September 9th. But, I mean, as well, as, as you well know, Rice, not starting the football game, you you missed the first play and can still play the next 57 plays straight. So um, I don't know the you know ramifications of that, but uh, Hugh made it well known that uh, Josh will not start, but the goal is to get him healthy and get him right uh, for action on September 9th. Well, I'm, I'm going to echo what, what, what you were saying about not starting and, and how significant that is. The only significance of that would be related to his Con, his contract incentives in the event that you know there's something there about him starting so many games or starting the first game of the season or, or whatever it is if there if that's not a part of his incentives and that's not going to affect him at all um as it relates to that that first game because i'm sure we're going to see him on the field he didn't he said he wasn't going to start he did not say he was not going to play that's what we would all be concerned about if indeed he was not going to play uh but i but i think he's i think he's certainly ready to play from just the little highlights and the clips that I've seen, and and the fella got a couple extra pounds on him, but that is a big man. I mean, he, to me, he looks bigger than Julio, and Julio is a is a big man, right. you know. And uh, but but Josh, I, I just think and his and, and his attitude from the interview he had, uh, you know, he took responsibility, you know, and uh, I I think he's in the right frame of mind. It, it certainly appears that he's in the right frame of mind. And um, I, I just I just hope that the team, you know, supports him, just as the coach said with the young fella that, you know, he needed somebody to grab a hold of him and, and make sure that, you know, he does the right thing all the time. Somebody, you know, somebody needs to take some money out of their pocket to hire somebody. But we have to do what you got to do in order to make sure that we take care of him because the big fella can make a contribution to the team that can be significant in the sense that you could see the results on the field and certainly uh we'd be winning a whole lot more games than we won last year and and i recall i think it was uh, i'm gonna see i'm gonna rattle your brain here willie um do you recall the cincinnati Bengals had a player on their team that they indeed did that too but then he ended up losing his life as a result of i think he may have uh Fell off the back of a truck or a car or something of that nature. You recall that? Chris Henry. Yeah. Chris Henry. That's exactly right. That's, that's, as a matter of fact, one of my friends was Chris's agent. And so um, just the kind of attention and support that was given to Chris, obviously it wasn't enough. Uh, needed a little bit more. Uh, I think the Browns need to make that kind of investment into the young man we're dealing with today, because I, I just think it's worth that. To, if, if you're if, if football 
and the football team and the success of the football team is what you're concerned about. And we always hear about, you know, how teams will go out of their way to win in college and every place else. I, I think that it's worth the investment, you know, just to have a mentor to hang out with Josh. I, I think it's worth the investment. I think we see a return on that investment. What do you think about that, Willie? I know he's I a grown, I know he's a grown ass man, but still. Right. Yeah, you saw you read my mind. I'm thinking, I mean, at, at some point, and I think Josh is to this point, it has to be some self responsibility. It has to be some self responsibility. Understanding that, listen, I am twenty seven years old now. I have this is it. You know, this is it. I've had chance after chance after chance. I've come back from five suspensions. At what point is enough enough? So at a certain point, it has to be some self-accountability, some self-responsibility to say, hey, I can do this. I got to do this for me. I have to do this. You know, it, it was, it's been said now that uh, he's a lot more mature off the field. He's a father of two now. So perhaps playing for his children is finally the, 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 the click, if you will, in his, uh, in his personality, in his mind to be like, you know what? I got to do this for my babies now. It's not about me. So hopefully, and, and from all accounts and from what I've seen, and you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm rooting for Josh. You know, I definitely want to see him su uh, succeed, uh, become successful. I mean, immense talent. I mean, I mean, the one full season he played. Well, I can't say he played a one full season. He played 14 games because he got suspended two games that season. He led the league in reception and uh, in receiving yards with three different quarterbacks. So, I mean, the talent is there. Hopefully, you know, this last episode was enough, uh, you know, to, to get him over the hump, to recognize, for him to realize, you know, he has to be a, a grown man, be a professional. And, and I don't know that, you know, hiring a, a quote-unquote babysitter is the answer for that. Well, I, I, I agree with you, Willie, to an extent, because I'm, I'm going to look back, and just as the young man that we mentioned by name a few minutes ago, uh, you know, they did everything they could for Chris except, you know, maybe this or that. And looking back, this or that that they did not do, when they looked back and they thought about it, they thought, well, if we had to go that extra step, we should have done that because it was certainly worth it because it, it was the only loophole in his life. And so, you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, so what if you if, if it's babysitting? That, that's okay. There's a lot of things we do. Grown-ass men stay in a hotel the night before every game. And believe it or not, a lot of people think you don't need to do that. Well, there's a couple things that happened to some people the night before the game. I remember when the Super Bowl was down in Atlanta, I forget what team it was, but somebody did something, and, and, and they were suspended and didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. Sometimes mm -hmm. you, there's some people who are responsible and more responsible than others, and I don't think there's anything wrong with going that extra yard instead of looking back and saying, wow. Man, if we just would have did that, you know, when you think about it, you always think, man, that wasn't, that wasn't that hard to do. I know he should be mature. I know he should be held responsible. I know he is an adult. I know he has children. But at the same time, we do know there's some weakness. And so I wouldn't want to look back and say, you know what, man, he should have he, he should have had somebody should have been staying with him. Two dudes should have been staying in the same condo, same apartment, whatever it is, bought the same house. Whatever it takes, because it's not like when you think about it, Willie, it's not like players don't always have somebody in their posse or one of their boys that's with them all the time anyway. 
Why not find a responsible person that you know that's going to be there with him? I just don't want to look back and say, you know what? Mm, we talked about that and they didn't do that. Happens all the time. There's going to be somebody. If he's not married, one of his best boys is hanging out with him all the time anyway. You know that, Willie. You know how that, that's how, you know, that's how, athletes, that's how athletes do it. So it's just like, okay, well, you know, as a matter of fact, if you look at ballers, don't my man, um, Denzel's son, don't he have somebody with him all the time hanging? He got his best boy with him. He's on payroll, too. His pop is on payroll on, on the show, too, I think. So it, it, it's just recreate ballers. That's all I'm saying. It, I, I think it's worth that. That, that, that young man, that, mm, that big, strong man, we need him that bad. And, and I think it's worth the investment. So uh, I just wanted to get that out there, man. I'm, I'm going to stay with that one, too. I, I don't want to look back and say, you know what? Wow, he slipped through the cracks. No, no. Nope, not going to do it. We're going to take a break. Well, we got to take a break, and we're going to come back. And uh, we'll continue to talk a little bit about Josh and talk about a couple other things. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Oh, 
All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is uh, my tribute and my condolences to the family of Senator McCain. And thank you for your service, sir. Rest in peace. God bless you. Uh, thank you so much for all you did for this country. Uh, okay, well, th- let's get back a little bit, man, because uh, I, I like a lot of other people right now. You know, Hard Knocks is, you know, helped entertain me and, and helped me think about the Cleveland Browns probably more than I should have been thinking about them. And uh, the opportunity to see somebody like Josh Gordon, uh, who's trying to make a comeback, and, and then also, uh, you know, Baker doing good things out there. And, Ty, you know, Tyrod, by the way, uh, Tyrod's uh, wrist is pretty good, right? We don't have anything to really worry about. They, there's no, no bones broken, no fractures or nothing like that, right? Right. Actually, it wasn't his wrist. He dislocated his finger. Oh, he did. Dis- he did dislocate the finger then. Yes. And it was, but yes. it was not on the throwing hand. It was on his left hand, right? Left hand. Right. Yeah. So, so that's still a problem because when you think about it, when you right-handed, you know, the left hand is the bottom hand when the when the center snaps the ball up, you know, right. and that that little finger is exposed right there, and depending upon you know how hard they snapping that ball or if it come up the wrong way or something, man, I, you know, shoot, man, he pulling that hand out of there, shaking it, and the ball dropping on the ground. So I can't say we completely you know, out the pitch in terms of being concerned about it. Um, I, I, I'd like to hear, you know, they may keep him in shotgun a little bit more. You know, certainly ain't going to take no more um, added pressure to that finger than they need to take. And But but if I'm not mistaken, Hugh has not backed off of the fact that Tyrod's still the quarterback day one, right? Absolutely. He is, he is not backed down one iota. Yeah, so, uh, and let's talk about that a little bit. Again, Baker's done some good things, but has Baker done anything to you to to take the position from Tyrod as of yet? No, no, he's a rookie quarterback. I mean, you got to understand that people in that building are still, uh, they still feel burnt from having to start a rookie quarterback last year. And they, they vowed never to be in that position again. So that's why they went on and got Tyrod Taylor. So, and, and it's, from day one, Tyrod will play this year until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Then Baker will get his snaps. You got to look the same, same way uh, Kansas City did it last year with Alex Smith. Alex Smith played, and then Pat Mahomes came in, and now Pat Mahomes is the start of year two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say this. I, I will say that um, each individual is different, and I'm not going to say that a rookie quarterback can cannot start or should not start in the National Football League. I think there is the exceptional talent at any position. I don't care what position you are. If you're coming into the National Football League, it is so much different than college football. Everybody is the best. Uh, the best of the best is on the field. It, it's like, you know, when you play in college, I don't care how, what school it is, how big the school is, there are still some guys on that team that are not the best of the best. If Ohio State's playing USC, Ohio State's playing Oklahoma, Ohio State's playing Nebraska, Notre Dame is playing, uh, you know, USC, Notre Dame is playing Alabama, you know, Alabama's playing Alabama in practice, <laughs> you know, still, all, all the players on your team are not better than all the players on the NFL team. So it's, you're only going to really see that talent when you step on the field in the National Football League. Now, I will say this. That doesn't mean that there aren't the exceptional player that can't come in and isn't prepared to play. Some of them can come in and have the exceptional talent that they can play as rookies. The majority of 
the majority of the time why a player is not prepared to play in the National Football League is not so much the well, it is some of the speed is the game is faster, the players are bigger and stronger, but also the playbook is like five times what you're seeing in college. And and they they try to throw all that at you. And you can't you can't make mistakes. That you know, we're gonna talk about tackling a little bit later. You you just don't you know everything's fractions of seconds. And you you gotta already know it's already gotta be programmed and basically you you just you're on autopilot. And if you don't have all those plays and you're not ready to go on autopilot, then you, you can't do it because you don't know when they're gonna call an audible out there and you're gonna compromise the offense or the defense. That's all it's about. It's just about compromising somebody. And all you need is one person out of position. And you can cost your team a chance to playoffs, chance to the Super Bowl, one play. That's, that's it. And so um, if you're forced in there, that's, that's a different thing. But to start you just for the sake of starting you because they drafted you, the first pick of the draft, I, I'm not for that. No. But I'm also of the mindset that when you take players that high, they, they do need to contribute. If it's, if it's just the fact that they push the other quarterback to become better because they know there's competition, they do need to be making a contribution in some way because you, you don't spend all that much time and money on a project that's going to take years. I, I, you know, not years, maybe a season at the most, maybe a half season. But if Tyrod gets in there and we're winning games, we, we, we got a quarterback controversy because I don't think that Baker should be on the team the entire year and not play. But I also don't think if Tyrod gets in there and we're in a playoff hunt, that we make a, we make a change for the simple reason that, hey, man, we, you know, we said we were going to get him in there for a half a season. I, we don't do that. So, so let me hear from you, Willie, in terms of your perspective of, of when do we see Baker – is it this year? Is it next year? Halfway through the season? Second game? What do you think? No. Um, I think, again, as soon as if if Cleveland is... Hell, uh, man, some people think we, we, we only won one game in the last two years. They think we've been out of the playoff picture. <laughs> you know, so... Right. And see, and, but mathematically, but, you're saying... Mathematically, right. okay. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And to, to, to your point, as far as probably the best player in, 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 in Baker and should he get in there, this team is one – well, no, not this team. Hugh Jackson is 1-31 over the last two years. You don't think he wants to experience some wins? So is my the, the greater probability of me winning is it playing a rookie quarterback? I did that last year. I know we don't, we don't compare. but Or am I going to play a veteran who took his team to the playoffs last year? He wants to win. Some in some circles, he was coaching for his job by needing X number of wins. So he wants to win. He's going to play the. He, that's why. Look, day one, they traded for Tyrod. Tyrod's my guy. Tyrod's my starter. That's just it. So he's going to he's going to ride that until you know. It could be a situation. It could be late November, early December before we even see Baker Mayfield. It could be a situation where Cleveland is seven and four. You know, do you, you don't you don't start Baker Mayfield when you're seven and four. You can't. You you still, you know, in in the hunt, so to speak. So yeah, as long as this team is competitive, and in which I think they will be, and I think Tyrod gives them a greater shot of winning games early. 
uh, as long as they're in the hunt, as long as they're winning, as long as they're um, still a playoff spot is achievable, you're not going to see Baker Mayfield. And uh, let me just add a little bit on to what you're saying there, too, Willie, because in spite of the fact that he was not the head coach, he still was part of a program that people were frustrated with in Cincinnati that, you know, maybe went to the dance but never got a dance. You know, they, they went to the playoffs, but, you know, they, they, they just made the playoffs. They didn't, they didn't go deep into the playoffs. And the expectations were they needed to do that or there was a chance they were going to make some serious changes down in Cincinnati. And this is a man who was the offensive coordinator, I believe. And, and, and so a lot of times on a football team, the offense, you know, you lose a game because the other team scores more points than you. And the defense may feel like, okay, man, we shouldn't have let them score that many points. But the offense always feels like they should have scored more points. And so I think that's one thing that still eats at Hugh. He may be 1-31 with Cleveland, but still he's carrying some of that over from, from Cincinnati too and seeing that they didn't get to the next level there. So he's still that, – that's a carryover from Cincinnati and him feeling that way. And you're right, he wants to win. He, do, he does want to win. It, ain't no doubt in my mind – this man wants to win, and, 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 and because of that, and he wants to win. It's his team, and, and I, I, that kind of leads me into some other things because with the young fellow there, Ward, who I think he hurt his shoulder. Is it his shoulder that's hurt? Back. Back spasm. It's a back spasm and, and making a tackle, and the coordinator had you know, some comments through the media about him tackling, and the tackle that I saw I thought he wrapped the dude, hit the dude low, wrapped him up good. And there was a complaint about, you know, his tackling ability. And uh, Hugh didn't take too well to that because it came from uh, from the co- defensive coordinator. Uh, you want to comment on that? Yeah, you, you shut that down quick. And that's one thing um, people are seeing as far as uh, hard knocks and, and a lot of the Cleveland Browns being featured is Hugh Jackson is not just this, you know, all shucks, happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he, he's he's let, letting, letting his guys know, like, look, I run this. This is my stuff. Hey, well, I let's have- hold right there for a second, if you will. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and, and I'm going to let you finish those comments about Hugh letting people know, hey, hey, I'm in charge. This is my ship, and uh, I'm going to sell this ship. Right now, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my man Willie Gibson with me, and of course we talked a little bit about the Cleveland Browns, and as we went to break there, Willie, uh, you were starting to share with the audience a little bit about, uh, your, from your perspective, that whole thing about, uh, I think it was uh, the defensive coordinator, um, mm-hmm. who obviously had some comments to make about the way um, Ward was uh, tackling as a result. Uh, he's injured, uh, got back spasms, and... Um, you know, it's just uh, it's caused a problem because he was had to for the second time he was had to check one of his coordinators about something mm-hmm. uh, that was exposed on hard knocks. And, and I'll just say this, you know, one thing that, you know, a coach doesn't want to have to do. And I, I remember back in the day, but they won a championship. Mike Dick and Buddy Ryan won a championship, but they were at odds like that. But uh, it's a situation where as uh, this is the second time he's reminded one of his coordinators that, you know, this is my team. I run this team the way I want to run this team, and I do not want you making comments like that in the media about our players. But uh, I'm going to let you finish and go ahead. Willie, you start to say a little bit about um, about the, the, that, that incident, so go ahead and finish. Well, yeah, just that. It's just, you know, Hugh made it known. Look, I, I'm, I'm the head guy. I run the show. You know, what I want done gets done. And so, like you said, he... he Call out his, his defensive coordinator. We don't, you know, he didn't necessarily disagree with him. He just called him out from sharing it with the media. We don't do that. We don't talk to the media. We handle that behind closed doors. But let me ask you something. And, and the tackle that you saw, did you think there was a problem with the way uh, Ward made the tackle? I, I thought he wrapped the dude up pretty good. Um, from what I remember, no. But then, like I said, I was there one day. I don't know. Perhaps, you know, they talked to Denzel about, hey, we don't want you doing that because they know. Look, you know, Denzel's 5'10", 185. That dude, Zach Ertz, is 6'4", 250. Well, I'm glad you said that because that, that takes me right back to, like, that's what I was telling you. You know, we're we looking at Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, a grown-ass man, man. That, that, that's a big receiver. And and then let me just kind of piggyback off this and change the direction. That the whole thing about tackling, period, is that it happens so fast. They, they talk about bang, bang. When you a corner or safety and a receiver comes in your direction, there are times where you don't have a chance to make that picture-perfect tackle 
that you want us to make in the tackling drills. You just got to get the man down the best way you can. And then you're already concerned about the fact that I can't use my, I can't leave with my head. So when I hear something like that, from somebody like that, and my question is, okay, you ever played corner? You ever played safety before? You ever did this before? Because obviously you don't understand. I'm, I'm just trying to get this man down. And that, that could be a situation. That, that could be exactly what the problem is. Because he made the tackle. He may have gotten hurt. And you're concerned about him being hurt. But, okay, do you want me to come back to the sideline and tell you, well, I was afraid I was going to get hurt, so I didn't try to make the tackle? Or you want me to try to make the tackle the best way I can, and then we deal with the consequences later. You you can't have both, man. You can't have both. Right, and I understand. I I, I totally get your point. But I think for you know, obviously there was some type of conversation had previously for Gray Williams to come out. So I told him about that. Now nah, he probably didn't have to call the stupid tackle, but clearly there was some some conversation in in uh, previous days that that had occurred for. For him to, to respond like that, but again, yet still, you let it known, let it be known again. We don't do that here. Well, you know, again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this too, Willie. I, you know, one thing that I think is because you know it's almost like you know it's practice. Shout out to Allen Iverson every time I get a chance. Man, I love that brother. It's practice. Not the game. Not the game. And so. What I do in practice and what we do in practice, it don't even happen like that in the game. In warm-ups, when you go through practice and you tackle in practice the warm-ups, even if it's warm-ups of practicing for practice or warm-ups of practicing before a tackle before you play in a game, it does not happen like that. I, I, yeah, I can count the times ever in my life where the way we tackle in pregame warm-ups is the way we actually it actually happens on the field. Now we got a gentleman. What was it? Was it the Panthers? Where, where the, the wideout who just you know got his leg broken out for the season? Was that the Panthers? Who was that? No, Marquise Lee of the Jacks. Uh, okay, okay, Jaguars. Okay, now here's an example where he's complaining because of the fact that he thinks the rule change got his leg broke. No, the the, the rule change didn't get your leg broke. It, it was because again. People tackle, and, and I, I recall in a spring game, uh, Ricky Johnson from California. I haven't talked to Ricky in so long. God bless you, man. Hope all is well with you and your family. I tackled Ricky. I hurt Ricky. My intent was not to hurt Ricky. I think it messed, he might have been out for the season. I, I, I hurt his leg, his knee or something. I, that was not my intent. My intent was just to make the tackle. And so... When, when the young man gets hit and, and, and he, now he's out for the entire season and he says it's because of the new rule, well, the new rule says that they can't hit you in your head. Right. So he would have preferred to be hit in his head as opposed to hit down low. I, I, just, I just don't understand when, when you hear a comment like that and then you also hear the coach, he making the same type of comments. What do they expect? A defensive back to do, will he? It's, just, it's so hard, man. It's not the way everybody thinks. Now, there is an opportunity when you get a chance to target somebody, and we do target, defensive backs do target when, when you get that hit, 
is lined up, it's the way you dreamed about it, and you see it, you go get it. If you don't go get it, then we probably got something to say about you. We know that you could have got, we, we see it unfolding. And we see the attempt or the lack of attempt you make to take that hit that you dream about. And, and I think that's what they're trying to take away is those dream hits to, to go away. Those woo hits, those woo, everybody in the stadium and everybody at home is like, ooh, did you see that? You know, they're trying to take those away. And so as a result, you're getting the kind of tackles like, and, and, and it happened to war. Now, sometimes the defender can get hurt. And, and I think if guys start thinking too much about tackling, Willie, that's what's going to happen. Defenders going to get hurt. I just uh, recently had a chance to talk, uh, and God bless this young man. Uh, the young man that uh, played at Penn State um, that broke his neck against the Ohio State, in the Ohio State game, Adam Terrafaro. Yep. I didn't speak to Adam. I spoke to Adam's dad. And uh, I was one of those people that when, as soon as Adam came back to Philadelphia, I was there at the hospital to see him. And I prayed for him. I was working at uh, People for People at that time. That's at Faith-Based 501C3. I was working for him at my church. Good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk, former Eagles running back. Uh, and, man, we did all the praying and everything we could for Adam, and he's recovered but it's, it's, it's dangerous, man. It really it really is dangerous. So, you know, I don't like when I hear a coach calling somebody out about a stupid tackle. I've been paralyzed on the field before. It, 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 you know, ain't nothing stupid about tackling. You know, it takes a brave man to tackle a big man running full speed at you. And you got to try to tackle him? Really? So you're right. Uh, I, I would think that Hugh also was taken back by, you know, the stupid part of the comment. And uh, this is also the same man, Greg Williams, who was uh, the, the the head of the Bounty Gate New Orleans Saints situation. But he doesn't want to talk about that. No, he doesn't. It, but it goes with you at all times, you know. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot that's where Greg came from. Uh, you're exactly right. So uh, but but hopefully uh, the young fellow will be fine because we need some Buckeyes out there on the field because. Uh, they know how to win. So we certainly want to uh, hope and pray that um, – what did they say about in terms of when the young fellow is going to be back on the field? He, is he uh, – they don't expect him to miss no time, do they? Well, no, he's, he wasn't playing tomorrow anyway, or, or, or Thursday rather, in the fourth preseason game. So that's about two weeks uh, to get ready for uh, the Steelers on September 9th. And uh, Antonio Brown, AB84, is coming for him. So he should be, he should be okay. Right, right. Yes, sir. That will be. Uh, see, there's a, there's another chance. There's a rookie going against one of the great. They're saying who could be, you know, one of the best ever played a the game. There's a rookie right. who won't be up against him. Got to be ready. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, have you heard anything lately about Dez and the Cleveland Browns? Other than uh, they offered him a one year deal, which is what he wanted, but they offered him less than five million dollars a year, which clearly is not what he wanted, and. Uh, from what I understand, uh, they left it cordial. Uh, no contract was signed, and they're open to uh, resume conversations at a later date. But we just mentioned uh, earlier that there's somebody else in need of a receiver, so yeah. um, that could affect our our chances. Uh, do you think they go back and up the ante because there's we know there's competition out there now for sure? They may. Um, that's that's challenging though when you say competition yeah Jacksonville is in need of a receiver and 
and it fits Dez's criteria because I think it's either week five or week six. Um, Jacksonville goes to Dallas. So I don't think anything would make Dez happier than to go back to Jerry World and 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 and, and pull a T.O. and score a touchdown and stand on the star and do all of that. But um, you still got Blake Borders at quarterback. I mean, let's keep it honest. We got Blake Borders at quarterback. So I don't know if that's attractive. But there's another team. And I, and I always said once uh, Dez didn't sign Cleveland, I don't believe a team's going to sign him. Uh, until after week one. And you know this, uh, Ray, as a vested veteran, uh, your, your money's guaranteed if you sign prior to week one. After week one, they can let you go at any time and, and not guarantee the remainder of the deal. But I think there's a team, and this team also is on the cow- on the uh, Cowboys schedule uh, later in the season. Uh, matter of fact, I think it's the, the week after Thanksgiving, first week in December, or last week in, uh, last week in November, actually. Uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback with Drew Brees. You got Michael Thomas, Buckeye, up and coming. Um, I think Dez could put in some nice work in New Orleans if the opportunity presents itself. But I think that's a, a sleeper to keep your eye on that uh, the Saints could sign Dez Bryant. Well, I, I certainly think that it's, it's getting close to the time where Dez needs to make a decision. Um you know, after all, uh, you know, the preseason is just that it, it, it's practice. So you get a chance to get some practice reps in once the season comes. You know, it's a little different. You know, I, I'll never forget myself uh, arriving in Cleveland on a on a Monday, uh, going to practice, uh, going to walk through that Monday morning, uh, getting a playbook and then being in the huddle on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm like, man, woo, really? But, uh, you know, you need it, it, it would be nice if you had, you know, one thing for me is our, our defense, we were running a defense that was very similar to what I was running in Philadelphia. So that has accelerated the learning curve for me. But it's like I'm saying, man, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's really a lot when you got a, a team that's, you know, very sophisticated and they, you know, either offense or defensively, they got a sophisticated package. You know, they, you know, they got a lot of combinations out there. And for me, I'll never forget, man, Frank Minifield, me and Boom are cool today to this day. But Frank Minifield was raising hell with me like I was on the other team because the way when I would line up, it just so happened I would line up and you know there's precision to, you know, when you doing your thing. And and I was in the line of Frank being able to see the quarterback when he was when he was playing off coverage. And he was constantly hollering at me and asking me to move. Man, I don't want to move one inch, not left, not right, not up, not back. And I wouldn't. And uh, but boom, get raised hell with me. Now, when I go to the other side, the Hanford side, it wasn't no problem. But it just so happened when I was over there on Boom's side, on Frank's side. Mm, no, it was it was it was a problem. And me and Frank battle with each other, man, because I'm like, no, nah, you got to understand before they get to you, they get to me. And, and so I got to handle this run first. Before the running back, so he, if he get past me, you can get him. But right now, I got to make sure I'm supporting this run. And you know, we had problems. So uh, for Dez, you know, whether it's alignment or what it is, man, he's gonna have some problems when, you know, throwing the whole playbook at him in in a, in a week as opposed to a couple of weeks. We're gonna take a break. 
We're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. Willie Gibson with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters is Senator John McCain, God bless you. Rest in heaven, sir. We appreciate your service. And um, you're trying to unite this United States of America. Uh, let's get right back into it. Well, one thing I want to talk about because, man, I love, and that is money, 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 money. Somebody got a big bag, and they're running with it. And, of course, we know that's Odell Beckham. You know, we were a little concerned about the fact because what happens is some people thought Odell should have got some money last year. He didn't get any money last year. As a matter of fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and, um, Odell did that. wasn't the best year last year, but, but, you know, it's like anything else, man. A receiver can only be as good as his quarterback, and his quarterback can only be as good as his receiver. If they happen to be good at the same time, uh, then that that's great. Uh, that's why the Mark brothers, I don't understand why the Mark brothers don't get the credit that Dan Marino gets. Because mm-hmm. Mark Duper and Mark Clayton, they was balling. <laughs> they were balling, man. I'm telling you, somebody had to be catching those balls, as, 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 as Tom Brady's wife once said, and she was wrong. Uh, she should have said he can't throw it to himself and catch it. But some some, some quarterbacks can't catch. We know that. Philly, Philly. So, uh, so what? So, so he got a lot of money there. What, what, what do you think about that, Willie? I'm, I'm, I'm like Charles Barkley, man. Um, you know, my it was, you know, I should have been my mother's grandson. I shouldn't have been her son because, you know, man, true. I'm yes, not, like, I'm not yes. gonna say I ain't counting nobody's money because I am counting money. And that's a right. lot of money, but I'm glad he got it. Yeah, it's funny. Like you told me yesterday when we talked about the contract, you wish you were 24. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I need to be 24 right now. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, and I, I would be, uh, I'd be happy to be 24 all over again. But I thank God for my blessings, and I'm happy where I am now. But let, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, yeah. More money, more problems. What do you think about Odell? Uh, more money, more problems. The problems going to cure on the field, off the field. 
Uh, What does he need to do in order to prove that he's worthy of that money? Uh, Again, he's the quarterback. He's the receiver. He's not the quarterback. The quarterback has to throw the ball to you and hopefully throw it in, in an area which you can, you know, your range where you can you can catch the ball. So um, at the end of the year, will we be saying that Odell deserved and earned that money? Because really what you do is you earn the money previously. He's already earned the money. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was saying. It, it, you, you asked if he's, is, he, is he worth the money. He's already proven he's worth the money because he got it. That's right. That's right. You know, had, he, had he not proven he was worth it, he never – I mean, he still had a year left on his contract, so they did not have to get a deal done yesterday. Right. And then they could have, and then they could have kept him and, and and franchise tagged him next year. So they see that's that's what a lot of guys are, the guys that are displeased, like in Pittsburgh, uh, the running back. I mean, what happens is you don't get that sixty-five million dollar guarantee. You know, you may get that twelve or fifteen or twenty guarantee, but you don't get that. You know, sixty-five million guaranteed when you get the franchise tag on you, and that's right. what the, that's what the guys get mad at. So, so Odell, they could have did that. They could have just waited till next year, put the franchise tag on him, and you know, maybe gave him, you know, fifteen million guaranteed. But um, let, let, let's just think about that. We both said he's he's earned it. Um, what does, he, what, does, what does he have to do going forward? What do you expect from him going forward? Because I, I'm, I'm worried about Eli. I'm worried. He, he can only perform as good as Eli performs. Right. Well, before we go forward, let's let's go back. Let's go back as far as how why he got this money. He played 47 career games, right? Mm-hmm. And the, through 47 career games, he ranks first in, the, in receptions. Second in yards, first in 100-yard games, and fifth in receiving touchdowns. So he's proven he's worth the money. Exactly. So what I expect from him going for first of all, I'll never, I'll never ever criticize somebody for getting paid. You get secure the bag, as the kids say. Secure the bag. If you if, if because. And and you know this, right? I've never heard of a gun being pulled in the contract negotiation. Either you ask and they say yes, or you ask and they say no. Right. So he got it. God bless him. You know, secure the bag. Go go get it. What I expect moving forward, I expect the same. I expect the same of what I just read to you, numbers wise. First in yards, fifth in touchdowns, first in hundred yard games. I, I expect more of the same. I really. And I'm I'm going to agree with you, and I and I think it I think it uh, it may get better, and be, it, I think it may get better for the simple reason of that fellow back there in the backfield with him. I, I just think that Barkley is going to do great things for for the Giants, and all you got to do is turn around and hand the ball to him. Yeah, you know Barkley, and I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to go this far because the more I think about it, and I love me some running backs, you know. If I look at it, you know, Barry Sanders might be the back that I take. Of all the Hall of Famers out there, Barry might be the one that I take because Barry could make something out of nothing, always could. You know, Barry didn't fumble the ball. You know, Barry could catch a little screen and take it the distance. He could take it the distance, but he also could break tackles on you and certainly could put moves on you. So, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking at Barkley, and I see size-wise, it, it teases you a little bit, makes you think about Barry. The build makes you think about Barry. 
you know, and then the acceleration he has. It ain't quite like Barry, but, you know, I think he's got that body size like Barry. And, you know, that could be what the Giants need. Because one thing in the NFC East, you certainly need to be able to run the ball. you got to run the ball in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it could open up the pass. Now, Eli, maybe Eli is not the Eli he was, you know, 10 years ago. But I think he's still got a little bit in the tank. And, you know, maybe he doesn't find himself in so many predictable situations where they know he's passing. And, uh, you know, him and Odell, you know, make some things happen again. But I, I, I really do think that Odell's going to have a good year this year. I just hope that, again, his personality is such that he, he likes to enjoy himself. He's in the greatest city in the United States of America. He's in New York, New York. And so I just, I just hope that he's able to be responsible off the field, that it doesn't prevent him from enjoying his success on the field, that, that, his, his, that what he does, the enjoyment off the field, just doesn't mess with his production on the field. Because he he's got the he's got the talent, and it's just a matter of Eli's throwing the ball. He he's got the talent, and you know I don't I don't see any secondary in the NFC that's just going to shut him down. The NFC East is just going to shut him down. Like he, no, he's not getting nothing. I don't see that out there. So I I think I think the Giants. Woo. I mean this is this should be the year that Eli should certainly be looking forward to it as well. Eli should be happy that he got the money. Oh, without question. Without question, because now his, his number one guy is happy. Charlie Shepard should be happy he got the money as well, but now they got to come see him. That, yes, that's exactly right. But you know, you got to do your thing first too, because you got to earn your money to get your money. You got to right. earn it to get it. Get that check. You got to earn it, because you know that's one thing about it. It's based upon your re- your resume. Except even college. See, the, even the dudes that come out of college, they getting paid for what they've done. They get they got drafted at a time, so now you come in, you get paid. Okay, that's for what you've done. And then we expect you to perform so you can get some more money. So he's earned, like you said, you read the numbers. They talked about it on the Big Boy Show this morning. Max talked about it. You know, he's deserving of what he got paid. And remember now, I think some people forget there is a salary cap right. in the NFL. So it's already there. To be paid out. It's just a matter of they weren't paying it. But they had the money there. And they have the money there. It's not messing with the team's financial stability. No, it's inside of that salary cap. That money makes sense. Now, what it does is it, it, it maybe, maybe there's not so much to go around to somebody else. But ain't nobody else on there deserving that money on the team right now. So, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to continue to talk about that. We'll, we'll have to do that next week because it's, it's that time. So, uh, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.